Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to episode two of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Okay, welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, authorpreneurs, creators, and anyone who can tell stories in the modern world. My name is Luke Condor, and I'm joined by... Daniel Wilcox. Hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How's the uh, the old writing going? Yeah, it's going well. Um, lots and lots of planning for Project Dan, which is... Very, very exciting. I'm um, quite enjoying it because I don't think I've ever... I mean, I've planned books and outlines, but I don't think I've ever gone quite into this depth because there's a lot of mechanics for the books that I've got to work out. So how far are you into it, do you think? Um, I'd probably say about halfway through the planning. Okay. You're further than me then, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I think so, yeah. How far are you? 20%. And, uh, okay. Yeah, I've got I've got some catching up to do, I think. But you're away well, for to be <clears throat> that's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm away for four days, so yeah. I've kind of a lot of early mornings, a lot of lunch times, a lot of evenings, just trying to. Because I mean, I, I knew that uh, this was coming up because I'm off to Comic Con for four days. I knew it was coming up, um, but for some reason, with all the excitement, I just forgot that it was this week. Yeah. So, uh, are you excited for Comic Con? Yeah, very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's um. It's going to be good with me and uh, my partner. We're looking through the lineup of all the people that are going to be there and looking at some of the talks that we're going to do. And it's quite, yeah, I'm excited. Have you got like a plan of all the things you're going to do and see and, and taste? <laughs> <laughs> and taste. Yeah. Well, I'm not, well, bearing in mind last year, we went to um, MCM Comic Con, uh, which was at the XL. Yeah, that's um, cra- that's a crazier one, right? The MCM ones are meant to be massive and lots of crazy cosplayers and wow yeah, craziness yeah. Ah, no it was it was kind of um a lot of hyper people and it was an almost like um the xl said i'm sure it was some kind of aircraft hangar at some point because it was just massive yeah i used to live around the corner from the xl center so i know it well oh yeah i remember yeah. you saying because um, i think that was around the time we started talking wasn't it yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah i think this one apparently it's on two floors i keep forgetting what the center's called um but no it's going to be good it's uh I just found out that Eleven from Stranger Things is going to be there. She's like a last-minute booking, so... Yeah. Have, even you, if I don't... have you seen it all now? Have you finished? Oh, yeah, I finished. I binged on it on Saturday. Okay. How, what did and you not... think to it all? Absolutely brilliant. I thought, yeah, just fantastic. Um, everything that you'd want for a retro 80s sci-fi-inspired yeah. thing. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I think... So... I know they were like they were playing into a lot of the cliches and stuff, uh, but I think some of the story beats I would like to, to see them have changed a little bit. Like, but then again, they 
the story beats were there for a reason to get that emotional sort of response and it really worked um so but then i maybe would have liked it to have taken a slightly different turn maybe something else happens at the end a bit more of a twist i guess but but it, it hit all the right notes so i can't complain yeah. too much yeah. yeah it was one of those that I mean, last week I was talking about how I, I really don't like cliches. Yeah. And and it kind of hit every, every cliche that you can think of. But for some reason it seemed to work because it felt like it, was an, it wasn't trying to create anything new, yeah. really. It was just almost like a nod to the old the old style TV shows and series. End. And yeah, it was just really brilliantly done. And the characters were, in my opinion, fantastic. Yeah, I think it was, it was a nod to all of those things. But it's, it was also... It's slightly, it spun them a slightly different way. It's a little bit creepier. It's a little bit like, oh, you like sweet things, you like sour <laughs> things. We're going to put it together and sweet and sour mix or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Speaking of cool things, though, uh, we should do the big whoop for the week. Oh, what a big whoop. Yeah, awesome. Uh, do you want to go first? Just no, give no. me a bit more time to think. Oh, really? Are you... <laughs> have you not got one yet? Uh, no, but I will have by the time you finish yours, I promise. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So my big what? Uh, speaking of Comic Cons, as we probably know, the San Diego Comic Con was just on, and um, my big whoop is like the amount of crazy, amazing looking trailers that have come out from that Comic Con. So we've got the the Doctor yeah, Strange trailer, awesome the Justice League trailer, uh, the Wonder Woman trailer. Wonder Woman is like is I can't wait for Wonder Woman, but. <laughs> I mean, the coolest thing about it is that I remember growing up and I remember reading comic books as a kid and um, I was always like, there are there were films, like the, the old Captain America film, the old like Flash TV series, but they're all a bit crappy, the old Hulk TV series um, with Lou Ferrigno. They weren't really like the comic at all. And I remember reading those comics and thinking, wouldn't it be great just to have a, an actual film that had the, the right special effects and would would recreate that experience that I get from reading comics and a film. And now they're like out every single month. <laughs> like there's a new and one out all the time. Phenomenal. There are some brilliant ones out there. Yeah. yeah. They just seem to keep getting better and better as well, which I don't know at what point that action's going to slow down. Yeah. That's like, you can't, you yeah. can't squeeze any more action into them. <laughs> you can only squeeze so much juice out of a line, right? Yeah. But I mean, the comic books are still going, it's still going pretty strong. Um, so I don't know. I mean, for me, the Doctor Strange trailer. I, mean, I, I thought Marvel were going to start saturate to get saturated soon. So I, I was watching Civil War with Cat, and uh, every new hero. I think she hadn't seen the last Avengers film. She kept asking me who these like heroes were, and I had, kept having to like say, "Oh, that's that's Ant Man. That's Vision. He's like an old android. Um, that's um, Scarlet Witch, and all these different characters." She was like, "What? This is crazy. I don't understand what's going on anymore." And I was thinking, <laughs> "Oh, okay, maybe it has tipped." you know, too far away for, for general viewers. But no, I, th- I think the Doctor Strange one looks amazing. It looks like a cool oh. way to get new people in. And... Yeah, definitely. I mean, the um, the first trailer for that, I think it gave enough away to be a teaser, and it was it was really good. But this one seems to just have upped its game, because, I mean, I've only recently myself been introduced to um, Doctor Strange anyway, because when, just before Civil War came out, my mate lent me the Civil War comic, and... Um, he plays a bit of a part in that, and <clears throat> yeah, it was just the trailer looks phenomenal. Yeah, Doctor Strange is a, is a big character. He he's he plays a big part in pretty much all of the big events. So it's going to be good to see how he plays into the films. And that's my big whoop. So are you? Have you got a big whoop? Yeah. Can I piggyback off yours a tiny bit? Yeah, man, you could climb all over it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the Luke Cage trailer. 
Oh yeah, of course. The, you seen the, that? Yeah, the Netflix trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my god, because I mean. I've seen, I still need to catch up on some of those, but I've watched the first season of Daredevil, which I thought was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Jessica Jones, I'm about halfway through, and obviously in that, spoiler alert, there's a little bit of a, a nod to Luke Cage. Um, I didn't realise he was getting his own show, but oh my goodness, doesn't, doesn't the trailer look fantastic? It looks cool. I was worried because I've never been a big Luke Cage fan, but I, I don't know how they were going to translate him to a TV show, but it looks like it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> the thing that made me laugh and it was something that my friend commented on was it's the only um part of the trailer that kind of sticks out is the really hip hop soundtrack and you go oh okay you're gonna put the hip hop soundtrack on the black guy like, yeah. but it, it works really really well um and yeah I think that whole chain of because Iron Fist trailers out as well yeah yeah and it really looks like it's leading up to something that could be really really good did, did you watch the Defenders teaser so the Defenders is going to be the uh. Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. It's going to be like a team series. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to come out before season three of Daredevil. But that's going to be interesting to see how it culminates into one big show. Yeah, it'll be cool to see how they kind of link together. Because I wonder if Luke Cage will go before the Jessica Jones storyline or kind of mingle with it or be after. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so today we thought we'd uh, talk about what well, we we we've in past episodes. What we talked about, we talked about coming up with ideas and creating storylines. What did we do in the other episode? Uh, planning. Planning. Okay, so planning. and now we're going to talk about the tools of the trade. So uh, I've got like a list of ten. I don't know about you. Okay. And well, I've, I did, got, I've got software I, tools. Have you got? Well, I didn't come up with a formal list. Mine was okay. kind of. Um, my thinking behind was just more things that I have used or things that I've kind of been aware of to right. get started. Because what originally kind of pulled towards this idea was uh, I basically saw in another or heard in another podcast about a a guy who there's a, a program coming out from the Sterling and Stone guys called yeah. Story Shop, um, Story Shop Planner, Story Shop Writer, and it was basically a guy that messaged them in and said something along the long lines of, uh, I need you guys to hurry up and finish this because I'm waiting to write my book. Um, <laughs> okay. It just got me kind of thinking, you know, you're, you're taught to write, um, read and write from quite a young age, so a lot of people I know do constantly keep making excuses, but it's what kind of stuff realistically are people using nowadays to, to write? Yeah. Yeah. I um, Okay, so what would let's get, take it in terms then, I guess, and talk about you say one tool that you use and then then i'll go and 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 that sort of thing yeah how does that sound yeah are we going to go from sort of a history of writing or what we use now uh maybe talk about what you use now and say why you use that over something maybe you used to use in the past yeah sounds good okay cool am i I going first yeah you go first all right um (laughs) so i'll probably snatch one right from under your feet but scrivener okay yeah that's Um, a classic it's a good one yeah, which is a, for those who don't know, it's a uh, kind of a writing project, multi-planner, amazing universal app um, or program that you can uh, install on Mac and Windows. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, I used to use Microsoft Word a lot, and I still do in certain situations, especially I, I, sometimes I just find using Microsoft Word, the feel of it's a bit nicer. Um, but Scrivener itself, if you're planning a large project or several mini projects, it's got a nice big window in the middle that you can write with. It's got 
uh, information on the left where you can store folders of all your research. It's basically like um, a Filofax, a yeah. digital Firefox. You can just do everything on one program for, and it's got word targets and everything else built in. So that's kind of my, and it's yours as well, go-to writing program. Yeah, it's weird. I um, Before using Scrivener, I'd never managed to finish a novel, whereas <laughs> in Scrivener, I think it's just a way, it feels less like you're writing word one to the end, like, and it has to be perfect. It feels more like you're creating a sculpture. So you mm. sort of lay down the groundwork you can put in. Uh, it's just like the, the the bird's eye view you get of all your different chapters and you can rearrange stuff and just add bits in here and there. And it, it just seems to me a much better way of writing a novel. And um, it's easier on the mind anyway. It feels that way. Yeah, it, it's, it, you're right. It breaks it down. It's got its folders on the side. Um, I think there's a bit more of a, a learning curve in sort of finding everything out. I mean, I probably had it for about uh, three months or so, three, yeah. four months maybe. And I know that there's a lot in there that I haven't uncovered. I mean, I haven't even used it for editing yet. Um, and you say your first novel was written in Scrivener. Mine, my first novel was actually written in Microsoft Word um, just because that was what yeah. I was using. It was free. It came with my computer. Um but no, Scrivener definitely feels, like you say, less like it's from once upon a time to yeah. the end and more like it's chunks, vis- vis- visual chunks that you can actually see what you're doing. Yeah, there's, there's something about the way it lays it out that's just incredibly productive. And also, the um, it's got the built-in targets. So you mm. can like say, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write 500 words in this session, and then you could set your timer or whatever you however you do it and just keep going and it's got like a nice little progress bar so it sort of gamifies it a little bit um i found that in- incredibly helpful in getting like words done yeah see i both use and don't use that i think it depends on at what point i'm writing because sometimes i find if i'm word watching that i'm less productive but it's good to have especially like you say because it will still read it in the background still record your words so you can kind of occasionally go or the shortcut for it, command shift and T and go, boop, there it is. And then bring it back. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the thing to note with Scrivener is it's not a free program. It's just, it's $30. Yeah. It's not much though. I mean, I think word is now a subscription, right? I think you have to subscribe to word. Oh, is it? I think so. I I think that's the way everywhere. Everything's going. I'm pretty sure Scrivener will do that at one point. It's, it's just a way of software nowadays, but um, yeah, it's also Scrivener's also got the, the name generator. Have you used that? I haven't, no. It's it's hidden in there. They don't really like... It's not on the top menu or anything. But um, Is it good or is it really weird, obscure names? No, it's quite good. I'm pretty sure... I'm is pretty it how sure. George R.R. R. Martin names his characters? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can do obscure names like that. I think it's, it's more common names. Like you can... You say English names, you want double-barrel surnames, and it'll just generate like 50, 50 names. And it's it's all right. It's cool. I am... Um, uh-huh. Especially if you're stuck. I mean, none of the names seem to like be perfect straight away, but it would just, you know, get the ball rolling a little bit. Yeah. I'll have to investigate that. Because, yeah, I know there are um, a few online free courses. There are a couple of paid courses where you can find out more about using Scrivener. There's loads of tutorials on them, YouTube as well. But, I mean, for for your basic writing, I think it, it's quite intelligent. It's very easy to just yeah. get going and start writing. And also, you might not have this issue because you did a lot of it in Word, but I always struggled a bit with the formatting in exporting into uh, EPUB files or, or Mobi files for Kindle, whereas Scrivener does all of that. It's all built into the app. Yeah. 
See, I've not played too much with that yet, but because I'm kind of um, a bit old school from my proofreading and, and editing days where I will just format it myself, just so I kind of have that peace of mind. I don't yet trust machines, but yeah. I, I, when we get to the end of ours, I think it'll be interesting to play about with and see yeah. what that looks like. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So Scrivener, I mean, it's key. I think it's pretty key for for everyone to use. Um, another key app that I use every day, I go to this app 25 times plus every single day. It's my to-do list app. It, I, it's called To-Do. Um, it's a web app. It's spelled T-E-U-X-D-E-U-X.com. Um, it's a paid one. It's like 99 pence a month, I think. That might have changed Whoa. recently. Breaking the bank. Yeah, I think um, when I looked at it, it was... It might have been two ninety nine, but yeah, I, I mean, this is just this is more of like a general productivity app, but um, it's I mean, I just find it so helpful, and, and it, there's lots of to do list apps out there, and I've used pretty much all of them, but this one, I think the fact that you can have um your your daily goals and you can have recurring goals, and you can also have different lists of like longer goals, longer term goals, so for the week or for the month or for the year, and just breaking it down like that is so. It's it's been so amazing for me to to see that and to sort of take things off as a go and and um I think I I would definitely recommend it anyway. I think you're using it now, right? I used it. I've I'm not used it regularly because I mean you suggested it to me and it's one of those that uh, I mean <laughs> I always go through productive phases where I have three or four days where I'll just <laughs> yeah. be on it with lists and I'll be on it and I'll tick through. But um I mean I can contest to it being fantastic because in the short time that I did use it, I'm sure I, I, I'll go back to it at some point. Is most to-do lists seem to only have, or the ones that I find anyway, have sort of today things, upcoming things, and then someday things. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's a primarily a web app, isn't it? It's yeah, a, a yeah. browser. There is an iOS version, but it doesn't sync very well for me, so I just use it as a web app. Yeah, I couldn't really find one that works with Android too well that, that does what the desktop version does. But no, it's got your Monday to Sunday, and you can sort of side-scroll and work through the actual calendar, and then you've got on the bottom your... Like you say, you can choose whether you want sort of um, bigger goals, long-term goals, recurring goals, and it's just a really, really nice interface. And for that price, it's really not bad at all compared to some of the things that you can pay for. Yeah, definitely. Okay, your turn. Um, I think my next one's mainly just cloud services. and you're, especially, a big, you're a big Google Docs person, aren't you? I'm a massive Google Docs person. Yeah, you're Google ma- Drive. For, you're a big doc. <laughs> I'm a massive duck. <laughs> but no, just pretty much for everything. Because I mean, from uh, the moment I, when I started taking my writing seriously, I bought a Bluetooth keyboard for a tablet that I've got. Um, and I used to kind of just take that and that because I, I had a crap laptop at the time that just wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. And Google Docs on that was just brilliant for going between the tablet. If I finish writing something, if I'm Wi Fi connected, it'll automatically sync with my desktop. And I could just pick up and carry and, and go on from where I left off, which was so much better than, like I say, I love Word. And mm. Word does have its cloud system, which is Microsoft, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, OneDrive? Uh, yeah, OneDrive, yeah. OneDrive, yeah. And that that works, but it's a lot slower in synchronizing. So I could say something on that, and then it will be sort of 10, 15 minutes before it appears on anything else. Um, and, yeah, it's just brilliant. I mean not just Docs itself, but the spreadsheets on there. I mean, I found a flowchart thing that we were using for some Hawk and Cleaver stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, cloud-based systems just, especially at that point where I was on my tablet a lot, doing a lot of writing while I was sort of out and about, it was, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think um, also those, those web apps that you use to, to 
edit Google Docs and Google Sheets and all that kind of thing. They seem to be stripped down just to the, just to the right point where you have everything that you need. Um, so you, you, you're completely comfortable using those, those and you don't need the full Excel application or, or whatever because those applications seem to take so much so much longer they're so they're so chunky to to open up they're so sluggish and stuff whereas those cloud apps just seem to be so like so quick and so easy and yeah i use google sheets every day as well for my personal financing budget stuff um but I, i'm gonna try and use it more i'm gonna try and use it more for like um keeping track of like word counts and stuff like that yeah that's a good way to do it i am um... I tend to use my docs as a lot of backup as well. And I have recently discovered that Scrivener, I can choose to um, backup to Google Drive. Yeah. So most of the stuff that I'm doing at the minute for us is getting backed up onto Google Drive as well as Dropbox. And then if I want to, I'll just, if I'm worried about losing any chunks, I'll copy and paste the entire thing just into a doc and leave it there. I've no idea how, how you would lose stuff then because it's synchronized on two cloud-based systems, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and locally on your drive as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. And, and locally on my drive, the ones we're sharing. Yeah. Which I also back up to a time machine, like a Apple Mac time machine. You're so we, not, not going to lose the, the books, don't worry. We should be safe. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my biggest fear, and I think that's probably most people's biggest fear. Yeah. I've taken it for granted now, but I mean, there was a time when, like, backing up, people didn't really take it as serious as they do. I mean, I work as a IT technician in my day job, and people are losing data all the time it, it it it's just ludicrous to think that like these are pictures of their kids and you say have you got a backup and they say no and just think well obviously you don't care about those pictures as much as you say you do so yeah, yeah. i don't know speaking of i need to back up my pictures <laughs> <laughs> something i keep meaning to do but yeah, yeah. i know i know i know that feels so my other my next tool is 750words.com have i told you about this before you have, yeah. Okay, I've been using this for about um, coming on like maybe seven or eight years or so now. Uh, so, seven hundred fifty words dot com. There was a book, a book a while ago called The Artist's Way. I think I think the writer's called Julia Cameron or something like that. And one of the um, the the tips she says to do, one of the things she says to do is to keep morning pages, which is about seven hundred fifty words of just free writing every morning, just free. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Right, seven hundred fifty words, and it just sort of unclogs the brain. Um, it re- reminds yourself of what what the hell's going on in the world, who you are, what you got to do. Um, maybe just brainstorm some story ideas. Maybe should maybe just brainstorm what you need to get to eat later that day, that kind of thing. And I've just found this seven hundred fifty words dot com such a 
brilliant way of sort of doing that. It gamifies it all, so it gives you points for the longer you do it. The more days in a row you get, it gives you badges and everything. And um, I'm on like a, I missed a day earlier in the year, so I'm on like a 270 day streak now. But my my longest one is 570 days in a row or something like that. Wow, that's nearly two years. Yeah, well, uh, a year and a half. Yeah. And there's been a few days when I've just missed them by accident or I've been on holiday. I've not not had a Wi-Fi connection or, or anything like that. But I honestly think that any any mental clarity that I have had, which is back in the day at uni, I had none of, like, <laughs> is, is down to 750words.com. Wow. Did you say seven or eight years you've been using that? I don't know if that's right. I mean, it, it feels like that. I mean... <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's not. I don't know. I have to look into it, but yeah. it feels like a big chunk of my life now, anyway. Yeah, because I mean, the words that go on there, they don't get saved, do they? They do, but not. They're, they're not publicly accessible. Um, you can't like share them. It's it's more for you, you personally. Yeah. Um, and also the idea isn't really to to save the words. It's it's just, just to get them out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people. Some people use a, a notebook um cat's got like a little journal thing she uses in the morning but for me i just like to just do it on on the mac it's just easier for me no that's fair enough see i think with me i might be a bit too precious with my words and i find the idea of getting the motor starting is difficult and yeah i i I get too attached to my words so yeah but it's definitely something so i know a lot of people do find that it's one of the things we do at our writing group a lot where they'll start off the three hour session with like a 15 minute exercise where you just write something yeah it could be anything just to get yourself going yeah i find it really helpful i mean it only takes about 25 minutes normally um cool yeah your turn man uh my next one will be um an app for android i'm not sure if it's on uh ios it might be called writometer which i think i've spoken to you have i mentioned it to you before i don't know it doesn't ring any bells no okay so it's basically um it's a word tracking app for your phone and how it kind of works is you put your project in, <clears throat> excuse me, you put your project in. So with a clockwork, work, a clockwork rose, I was using it. You put in, uh, I put 70,000 words. Um, and then you set yourself <clears throat> a daily target or you say what day you'd like it completed by. And it sets a target for you. Yeah. And then it kind of runs in the background and does that. But the bit that I actually use it the most for is um, you can, there's a widget that goes on the front page, which gives you a nice little, uh, yellow bar you can see just oh, there. Oh yeah, you have shown me that before actually. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's I find that I'm quite a visual person, so this helps me a lot when I was getting through the first draft of this book because it was good seeing your actual progress on this bar because I hate yeah. there's nothing worse I think than writing and being like, I don't know where I am. I'm in this forest of unknowingness. Yeah, and definitely. Once you see chunks of that bar just grow and grow and grow, it just becomes more of a right, I have to do this. And you can set reminders on there. So I've got a reminder. You can set it for whatever time. So I put it normally for around 8 o'clock. If I haven't hit whatever my word target is for that day, it gives me a little bloop. So you have this many words left to write. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a kind of an extra kick up the arse to make yeah. sure you're doing the words. Yeah. I, I feel like all of these things we're talking about today, they're all like digital or online or, or on your phone or anything like that. Like I kind of feel like some people say that People are writing too fast nowadays. They say that like more than one book a year is is way too fast because back in the day, Ernest Hemingway would take however many years to write a book. Uh, Oscar Wilde would take however long. And I'm thinking, well, they didn't have Google. <laughs> like, they didn't have like um, like if they needed to do any research at all. Like if they if they had to know how to spell a certain word, 
that would have to be like you know proofread by like posted by mail however long that would take uh to some editor who's going to proofread it and then send back to him it's a long process whereas we don't we're so lucky to be in this sort of digital age yeah i mean (laughs) one of the things that would have been hardest is like you say things like research and trying to put yourself in the position of other people in that era when you don't really know much. And one of the Facebook groups I was on the other day for writing stuff, a girl posted a question which was um, <clears throat> basically about the effects of poisoning someone. And you can oh, easily... Yeah, I think I saw something about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can easily now go onto Google and be, what happens if I use this chemical and it poisons someone? Whereas yeah. back then, you'd probably have to poison someone. Yeah. I remember when I was writing The Hips From Out of Space, I had to work out what would happen if you were to suddenly be in space like what would happen to your body and your, and your physical parts and um back then i would have had to send someone in space but now i can just google it and it's uh it, you know i could find out pretty easily yeah so google's one of our uh one of our things as well just yeah. google in general yeah who who or, whose was that was that yours or mine that was mine okay cool <laughs> all <laughs> right um i've got another one i use pretty religiously but i haven't been using it as much recently but that's because i've been a bit lazy um <laughs> it's the pomodoro ty- timer yeah I i've mean, seen that i actually looked into that um a couple of months ago but i'd be interested to see how you explain it because i didn't quite get it well there's there's lots about i mean it's the pomodoro technique the idea is that you you're struggling to concentrate on some work the idea is that you set a timer for 25 minutes and you do nothing else but that one thing, that one piece of work. And then you take a five-minute break, and then 25 minutes on, five-minute break, 25 minutes on. And um, like back when I was writing uh, the hipster books and, and that sort of thing, I'd find quite easily, especially on your Mac or your computer, you'd be writing away, and you'll quickly just go, I'll just check, I'll just check Facebook quickly. And then yeah. like, yeah, and I'm like, I'll click on the photo. <laughs> what a funny gift. And then, and then you, you send it to this horrible chain. You go on Reddit, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for Reddit. I get lost in Reddit so much. So yeah. the Pomodoro time, it's like 25 minutes on, and then you, you put music on or drown out sound or whatever you need to do and just get into that zone for 25 minutes. And it's it's been a massive help for me. Yeah, I can see that working because I think when I when I was early on writing, I'd force myself to do that. I'd kind of sit and go, right, Facebook's not changed in the last minute, even though it tells me there's notification. It's just someone invite me to play Candy yeah. Crush. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'd sort of put my music on and be like, right, 20 minutes of just solid writing, see how that goes. And yeah, you when you concentrate, you are a hell of a lot more productive than you think you are. I mean, it's well and good kind of for an hour just milling, writing a word here and there, but in so, 20 minutes you yeah. can triple that. Yeah, and it's also more fun when you when you, when you you put the focus in on the writing, you you get more into the story. Do you know what I mean? So when you focus, it's like meditation, I think. Like the more you do it, the more the deeper you go into it. You get into your character's heads a bit more. You start feeling the, the tenser moments. You, you start feeling how it will be to a reader when they read it. And I think you can sort of tell sometimes when someone's been writing something and they've sort of been peppering the words here and there, not really, you know, focused on it. Yeah. Yeah, I find that I have had a couple of occasions where, you know, I put myself in for 20 minutes, not intentionally for the Pomodoro method, but um, just thought, yeah, 20 minutes I'll get writing and I'll find an hour and a half, two hours later, my head pops up and I suddenly go, oh, I got really into that. <laughs> that <laughs> just happened. That's, that's exactly what you want. Um, yeah. Your turn. Uh, I'm going to go off digital um, and go. <laughs> I know, uh, and just say community. Um, 
And okay, I, know we spoke, yeah. I know we alluded briefly to this in one of the previous podcasts, but just having people around that are interested in the same stuff that you are, that are sort of doing the same things. And obviously for me, that's uh, the Hawk and Cleaver guys. It's mm. having people that are regularly creating similar stuff and just that you can bounce ideas off of and just knowing that other people are doing what you're doing mentally yeah. just pushes you so much further than thinking that you're alone and there's no one around you that understands what you're doing. Yeah, there's yeah, that saying, you're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, I think that's true in, in writing. Like back before I knew many people who wrote, I, I'd spend a long time writing. I, I didn't really know what I was doing. But now when you see, when I know like you've written another story like super quick and it sort of makes you feel like, oh, I need to do that now. Like it's, it's, it's possible to write that much so quickly and, and do it well. Yeah. And that's one of the things where I started off. I, one of the first things I did was find this writers group that I'm a part of um, here. And even that it took a while to sort of integrate and get into it. Yeah. And because, you know, I'd see them once a month and that wasn't really enough. But once I started befriending them more and more and then talking to more people and then yeah. just going off from there. And I think also it takes a while for people to get that you're taking it seriously. Yeah. Because when you start off, everyone gives you that, oh, that's nice yeah. kind, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, once you can kind of get past that barrier and keep pushing and pushing, I don't think it takes too long actually to get sucked into the whole writing thing. No, it isn't. I um when I first started writing, I did join a writers group, but um I was getting more into indie indie publishing and indie writing and that sort of thing. And I would find I'd go to these writers groups, and um I, th- I think it's just the way I'm wired. I just wanted to get in and get writing it, like as quickly as possible. But everyone didn't. I think it's more of a social thing for those guys rather than a productivity thing. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a right fit for me that particular thing. Whereas like. Hawk and Cleaver is the right fit for me. Yeah, because you're constantly working towards something with Hawk and Cleaver. It's it's targeted, yeah. it's specific. But yeah. I know that um, there are different types of writers group out there. The one that I'm in, it's it's that good balance between social and exercises. And I mean, the exercises we're given are about 15 minutes long. Yeah. And they, they normally allow a certain level of um, interpretation. So I will always angle it to a way that I know will benefit what I'm trying to work on now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whereas I know some writers' groups, it's different. You turn up with something written, you read it, and then they critique it and evaluate it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's finding what works for you. But no, definitely surrounding yourself with people is a massive part of just pushing forward, I feel. Yeah. I was going to say Slack is one of my things. but I was thinking of that one. But I don't know if that's just quite specific to us and our current situation. But I guess the idea is it's more community, right? So just being in... in in touch with your community quite regularly. Yeah, I think it's that mix between community and project management because yeah. you can create different threads for different things. And obviously we used to discuss a lot of stuff on Facebook in a group that we've got, but things got lost very quickly. Yeah. Whereas on Slack we've got, you know, something for the other story, something for um events, something for people privately and Yeah. Yeah, all the, all your different projects that's just sort of neatly lined out there. Yeah, Slack is great. I mean I it's one of those things that's just very quickly integrated itself into my life <laughs> as like, <laughs> as like a, like it's almost just 
email. Do you know what I mean? Like it's this, it's the same sort of necessity. Yeah, I feel really guilty if because it's got um, a do not disturb mode. So if you are working with other people and they post something, it's on my Mac especially, it will pop up in a little bubble in the corner and say blah blah, put a message or blah blah, said something. Yeah. And if you're in the middle of working on something, it can be quite um, yeah, it can be quite distracting. And it's got a do not disturb mode, but I hate pressing it. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm missing out on something. Nah, you shouldn't feel guilty about that. Like right now, I um after like this <laughs> after, after ten o'clock, I try not to. I'm trying to do it like nine o'clock actually. I'm trying not to use any social media or anything because I'm trying to just enjoy the time off, like have a little break from it. Because I'm on computers all day, every day, so I'm just trying to get out of it a little bit, a bit of a fresh yeah. air. But um, yeah, Slack. I guess Slack would be mine. I mean, it's it's a great. I mean a lot of writers might not need it yet maybe later on when they're they're doing a, pro- a bigger project that needs more than one person yeah yeah i'll say i think i don't you, it depends on what you're doing if you're solo probably not for everyone although it could be a good um program just to communicate with editors or with if you're an independent publisher which is kind of what we're doing it's yeah. easier to manage that way um yeah but then how often do they need to be in touch with an editor like just an email back and forth i think is yeah, it's probably easier. Yeah. Um, go on, then, your turn. Cool. Um, I think I've got one more, which is... Uh, it might. I know it's not specific to me, but it might not be for everyone. But um, definitely I'm finding music is one of my biggest things. Um, and it's something that I found hard to get used to to start with because, I mean, I my study is... I get, I'm quite lucky that I have my own study to do writing in... Um, in the house but obviously home life itself can be quite distracting I can sometimes hear my child downstairs laughing or doing whatever my partner walking around doing anything it could be quite distracting so I will put on my headphones and I will just try and submerge myself into my own little world and I always liked the idea of listening to songs and things that will inspire me that way and found that really hard because words can be quite distracting when you're trying to write words yeah um, so I now find that I listen to a lot of soundtracks of different things and try and get the mood of what I'm writing. So when I was writing um, Sins of Smoke, I'd listen to a lot of Red Dead Redemption soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good one. Just because that's kind of like yeah. American Westy. It's very that kind of feel I was going for. I'm completely um, the same. I can't write without music now. Or I, I can, but it's, it's rare. Yeah, it's. I th- it does take a bit of getting used to, but it can definitely help you because it does block out everything else and a bit like the pomodoro thing you yeah just focus on what you need to because it's almost like the world disappears if yeah. you do it right anyway Any, anything you can use like pomodoro or music whatever just to get you into that zone into that flow is going to be great i mean um i listen to game soundtracks pretty much all the time film soundtracks as well but game soundtracks if you think about it they're designed to be played while someone is concentrating on something else it's supposed to induce that sort of flow for for gamers as they're playing as they're playing the games um so i find like oh the guy who does a our theme tune for this podcast disaster piece <laughs> is a game uh music guy um yeah. he did the, the, the fez soundtrack and uh so if you and he did the, the soundtrack to uh it follows a horror film okay yeah wow yeah we've got a, we've got a good music guy <laughs> yeah, yeah he's fantastic um cool i've got wait was that that was yours music okay so i've got yes. one now yeah um and then I'm, i think i'm pretty much done i mean i've got dropbox but i mean 
that's just the whole cloud thing, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got one more, and it's Grammarly. Have you heard of Grammarly? It rings a bell. You might not need it because you you're like a good editor's head on you. Oh, I think I know what it is. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> a very a very fine editing head. Um, whereas I've not got that so much. So Grammarly is is another web app. Um, you basically get a big chunk of text, copy and paste it into it, and it does a very quick copy edit. So it tells you if you've used um, contractions wrong or you've used the wrong, um, you know, apostrophe in the wrong place, you've used the wrong there or there or there, you know, whichever one you could draw. <laughs> um, but I find it really good. I mean, so it's not going to replace an editor, but it's just good. If I'm going to send, if I do another story, like a little short story, I need to send it on to you guys. I'll normally just pop it in there just to make sure I've not goofed anything. I've not just just completely missed something. Yeah. And is that a free web app? Yeah, it's free. There are different versions. I think you can pay and it will give you a more in-depth copy edit. Um, but this is just a free one. So it's just, there's another one called Hemingway app. But this Grammarly. I've heard of that one, yeah. Grammarly is, I used to use that one, but Grammarly seems to be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I think I came across um, someone who used the paid version of Grammarly in uh, an event that was going on in town. And I think it is one, it's important to note, like you say, it's fantastic for spotting potential inconsistencies, things where you might need cleaning up sort of typos here and there. But one of the things to always be careful of is, like you say, it's never going to replace a proper editor um, because the guy that showed it to me, he used it on a piece of his own. He'd written quite a lot. And there were parts of it that I didn't agree that were highlighted. There were parts where, you know, some people can write different styles that are quite deliberate. You could be deliberately putting in a lot of ellipses. You could be deliberately slowing the pacing or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think it's important that it's good for identifying, uh, but yeah, we can ne- never replace a true editor. No, I mean, there's quite a few times in Grammarly where it will say, oh, you know you've done this wrong. And I'd be like, that was intentional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone, computer. Yeah. Like, Robots are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's yeah. quite a good one. Um, is, I think... you got one more, right? This is your last one. Uh, not so much just the thing itself, but more just the attitude of um, just reiterating a little bit of what I said at the beginning about with starting, you really don't need all of this stuff. I mean, it's fantastic having, and like you say, it's brilliant to get all the word counts out and yeah. to write faster in a modern day and age. But if you're interested in starting and you think I can't do it because I don't have any of these tools, then yeah. just pen to paper, just good old pen to paper will get you a million times further than waiting. Yeah. That's what I think I started with a pen and a slice of paper. Yeah. <laughs> a slice of paper. Yeah. They still call it slices. I'd, I've never knew. I didn't think he ever actually did. I just thought that was something I said. It would make sense though. Like a, you get like a loaf of paper, which is when it comes in a, in yeah. a, in a printer, stack, <laughs> a nice loaf, and you take slices. That's just yeah. Is, that, is that the actual technical term? I, no, I don't think it is, okay. but it should be. <laughs> yeah, of course it should. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but yeah, pen to paper because I when I started writing seriously, it was all digital. It was computer, but I still will jot down notes on paper and just because I think paper for me is more of a, a word vomity type of just scribble and get what's going out. Yeah. Maybe I should get back into that a bit. I mean, I used to have, I've got a big old collection of notebooks. Oh, it'd be interesting to look through those actually. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of feel like I'm on my Mac all the time anyway. So it's just, I like to have all of my tools there on online and just ready to go. But, You've earned it. You've, you've put in the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. 
yeah yeah i didn't pay for this mac it's a, it's a work mac but yeah. uh <laughs> cool um yeah man if you you got anything else you want to let the listeners know listen to the other stories because it's fantastic and we've got some really exciting episodes coming up yeah also uh we have a patreon page but um we're, we're gonna rejig that soon i think maybe we'll get someone on the show who could tell us what we're doing wrong <laughs> yeah. oh, that should us. have been my big whoop what's that your our new sound guy oh yeah yeah carl yeah we should yeah, get carl so on at some point we'll get carl on but yeah um that's that's why i'm quite excited for the other stories so yeah. keep an eye out for that yeah it should start to take a, a i mean it's already it's already fantastic yes but amazingly we can make it sound better and that's what carl's gonna make us that's what carl's gonna help us do yes yeah okay man i'm gonna go um cool oh wait um go to hawkingfever.com and sign up to the mailing list all right i'm done (laughs) (laughs) awesome right take care you too man bye we hope you enjoyed this episode of the story studio podcast still hungering for some podcast goodness then why not check out our other show the other stories oh and did you know Every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip.